to be honest. <laughs> I like it. I like perfection. Compression going down. Compression. Depression going up. <laughs> Depression going up. Depression going up. <laughs> We are anime. What is going on, misfortunate listeners? Today, we are proud to present to you another wonderful episode of And Now I Mention Everything. Now, we specifically named this show And Now I Mention Everything because, well, it's pretty obvious. We like to talk about a little bit of everything, even though the name itself fucking spells out anime. <laughs> And that's primarily what we talk about. Today we're going to get a little bit into something else. I am your humble host, Riley Wallen. In front of me, I have the one and only... Fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. And we also have a special guest in the house today. We've uh, It's a near and dear friend to Tyler and I. Um, we've been trying to get him on the show for a while, and we finally managed to reel him in because... We just love him so much, and he's got a lot to say with us today. Would you mind introducing yourself, sir? I'm Mr. Squawk. <laughs> <laughs> he is a beatboxing master champion. I'm telling you what. Uh, today, Mason cannot join us. He is on vacation. We miss and love you, buddy. Today, we've got a special topic. And that special topic is going to be... Um, something that I've been wanting to talk about for a little while. Um, we've already done one episode about a video game that happened to be the From Software uh, franchise, and you know it was mainly about Bloodborne and shit like that. We didn't talk about Sekiro, which I was kind of mad about. Oh, but get over it. That's okay. We'll you know we'll get through it. Um, today we're going to be talking about a very very special game to me and to Tyler and to Mister Squawk here. Um, his actual name's Doug. <laughs> yeah, I'm Doug. <laughs> He's Doug. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Marvel versus Capcom. Now, if you grew up in the 90s, you'll know what this is. I want to take you for a ride. Now, this fighting game franchise is something that's often overlooked, and, you know, a lot of people nowadays don't really know about it because they're fucking millennials. and um, They're missing the fuck out, dude. I've had They're honestly missing the fuck out. My childhood was based around this game. I remember walking and seeing my brother play Marvel vs. Capcom 2, seeing the character roster, just 52 of some of the best fucking fighters. And 56. 56, my bad. Excuse my language. And I remember, like, seeing my brother fight this giant goo monster and being like, what, you have Blackheart, some silver samurai fucker, and Ryu all on the same team? How does that <laughs> even happen? Um, I actually, before we get into this too deep here, I have a little speech that I wrote 
I put a lot of time into this, and uh, oh, Riley's got a speech. I've got a speech, and it's very near. It's very near, dear, and sincere to all our listeners out there. Um, it goes a little something like this. Throughout anyone's life, there are certain moments that leave a distinct memory or feeling of nostalgia or possibly grandeur that could, you can finally look back on, whether it be riding a bike for the first time, staying up late with your friends at a sleepover playing a new video game that you rented from your local video store, or maybe even your first Christmas when you opened up your presents and lo and behold there was a game console right before your very eyes. One memory I have in particular is that time that I stayed at my friend's house overnight and he made me watch him play The Sims. And that was fucking awful. However, <laughs> there was a silver lining to that shitty sleepover. Uh, do you mean like Family Annihilator? Is that is that the game you're talking about? Yeah, basically. And to, to get a little bit into that, um, when I said I watched him play The Sims all night, um, he basically was death. Or he had death in the game, and he was literally killing everybody in the swimming pool. And um, <laughs> this particular person grew up to be pretty fucking insane. At least the last time I met him, he, I got like a serial killer stare from him. <laughs> which was really weird. Hey, Riley, you want to come into my basement? <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. The next morning, because when I was a little kid, I would always be the first person to wake up at sleepovers. And, um, I don't know, I was weird like that. So, being the seven-year-old kid that I was at the time, I made my way over to the TV and I turned on the old PlayStation 1. And a very special moment ensued. For the very game that was in that PS1 was a game that would forever shape my love and respect for fighting games overall. That very game was one of which I had never encountered before. It was a game that I still love and treasure to this day. It was Marvel vs. Capcom. As I saw those words appear across the screen, I immediately got excited. Marvel? You mean Spider-Man? You mean the Hulk? And I pressed that start button and I heard, Let's go crazy! From the moment I saw the character select screen, I was sold. I immediately was blown away by the fact that I could have Mega Man and Spider-Man fighting side by side. I was honestly too young to understand what the fuck was going on. As I butt-mashed my way through the arcade mode, each minute that went by... I became more and more and more and more and more enticed in this game. I saw characters from games I had no idea ever existed in such folklore, and they became some of my favorite to learn about and master. To cap my big moment of discovery off, I later stole the shit out of that game from my friend <laughs> and played it religiously at my house. I owe everything I love about fighting games to Marvel vs. Capcom and Mortal Kombat alone, honestly. In my opinion, Marvel vs. Capcom is the ultimate 2D fighter, and I know I'm not alone in feeling that sentiment. To quote a very close friend of mine, Playing Marvel vs. Capcom is like losing your virginity. The first time you play it, it's over too fast, and you're not quite sure what happened. I honestly could not agree more with that statement. And like bad sex, it's what kept me coming back, always aiming to do better. Some of you might not know the masterpiece of the game we're talking about. Marvel vs. Capcom is a series of crossover fighting games developed and published by Capcom in the 90s, featuring characters from their own video game franchises and comic book series published by Marvel Comics. The series originated as a coin-operated arcade game through later releases that would be specifically developed for home consoles, handhelds, and personal computers such as the PlayStation 1, Dreamcast, 
and eventually original Xbox. Its gameplay borrows heavily from Capcom previous Marvel licensed fighting games. X-Men, Children of Adam, Marvel Superheroes. However, instead of focusing on single combat, the game incorporates a tag team battle. Players form two teams, or three characters, controlling one fighter at a time, attempt to damage and knock out the other opponents. Players can switch out the characters during the match, allowing members to replenish their health and providing their ability to fight. The series' gameplay is also distinguished from other fighting game franchises due to its character assist mechanisms and emphasis on aerial combat. Okay, so now that you've had a little bit of an introduction there um, to what Marvel vs. Capcom is, um, I'm sure some of you people out there are probably Googling this on your phone, and you're like, why the fuck do these guys care about this so much? Um, I, for a second here, would like actually like to hear from Doug about his personal experiences with Marvel vs. Capcom. Well, as far as Marvel vs. Capcom is concerned, uh, the first Marvel vs. Capcom game I ever played was the first Marvel vs. Capcom game that was ever uh, published, which was X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Okay. There were two games that came out before that that were in the same style that were uh, X-Men, Children of the Atom, and Marvel Super Heroes. But they never crossed over, but in X-Men uh, Children of the Atom, they had Akuma as a secret character. They did. Cause, yeah, because it was published by Capcom. So I think at some point, they thought, well, why don't we just combine them both? And Akuma ended up being a secret character in X-Men vs. Street Fighter as well. See, Children of uh, Adam. I actually have never played that one. I don't. I don't think I've. I think I missed that one as a kid. I think I started with uh, X Men versus Capcom. I think it was the first one I started with because that had Psylocke and Apocalypse was the bad guy. Yeah. Well, good. they also had another one uh, after that, which was uh, Street Fighter versus Marvel versus Superheroes. I don't think I got that one either. Yeah. That was the yeah. that was the game I was showing you last night where they had like six secret characters in it. Oh, that's right. We had yeah. like uh we had You had Orange Hulk or oh. no Orange Venom. You had Red Hulk, um excuse me, US Agent, um Mecha yeah, Akuma. Yeah. And then I wanna say Mecha Zangief. Yeah, Mecha Zangief. No, and you also had Ar- Armored Spider Man and Lilith and Sakura, I think yeah, that's her like name, evil, Sakura. Evil Sakura from Rival Schools, which is another great uh, Capcom fighter from the 90s that's not talked about so much. Yeah, so um, when the, uh, I was more of a fighting game fan than I was a comic book fan. So I feel like it was a way that you got the best of both worlds. You know, you had comic books uh, characters, and then you had fighting game characters, and they were both clashing against each other. And as a kid, it was just you know the how fast paced it was. There were so many like different like the music and everything. It just it was perfect. Now, growing up, you, you said you weren't too yeah. much into Marvel. Uh, now, so Street Fighter, how, what was your like pass with Street Fighter? Were you a big Street Fighter 2 fan with the hyper turbo oh, mode? Yeah. Well, the thing with, that's also the thing with Marvel vs. Capcom is that um, 
the Marvel vs. Capcom games were based off of old Capcom fighting games like uh, Street Fighter 2 and Darkstalkers. Which is one of and, my favorites, honestly. Yeah. So they used this fighting system where it was... They tried to make it more fast-paced, um, but they tried to implement the Street Fighter characters as well, and after time, it just kept growing. But as Street Fighter goes, uh, that was my first fighting game, was Street Fighter 2. Do you remember where it was? Was it in an arcade? You just walked into an arcade and you saw Street Fighter 2 and you're like, dude, what are these people? What is a Hadouken and how do I fucking master it? <laughs> What's a Ryu? Well, see, well, see, that's the problem is that I grew up in a small town. I didn't have an arcade. Really? Um, yeah, didn't have no arcades here. We didn't really have arcades like that. So a lot of those... Uh, Marvel games also came out in arcades too, like Marvel Superheroes and X Men: uh, Children of the Atom. They were in arcades, but didn't have an arcade here. Yeah, see, I I remember like going to like pizza places or somewhere, and they would always have like a fighter game, whether it be Tekken or Street Fighter. And Street Fighter, uh, it was never really my favorite. I was more of a Tekken player, but anytime I would see a Street Fighter game, I would definitely jump on and and try to be like Dalsum or somebody and try to fight my way through a Stretchy Boy Prime. But like, you know, <laughs> it, yeah, right, yeah. We have a we have an arcade here in Dubuque, and I've played Street Fighter two, and I've got to say, after like fight number two, it's almost fucking impossible, man. They it, get so fucking hard. You either know those buttons, or you just get your fucking dick beaten to the ground. Yeah, it, it's same. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of the same with um, the Capcom fighting collection that just recently got released, which I am just head over heels about. I, I bought that game the day it launched, and I kind of had the same experience. Like, I loaded up Street Fighter 2 on there. I'm like, all right, let's go. And I got my fucking ass handed to me in, like, the first round by Ken. <laughs> I was not happy about it. <laughs> you mean Blonde Ryu? Yeah, yeah well, you know. Well, actually, my uh, my favorite, uh, the, the first game that actually got me into wanting to learn how to play fighting games, like, competitively, was Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. That's actually um, one of the first games I remember seeing you playing when I met you, Doug. That and Street Fighter yeah. Four. I remember coming over to your house one day and you were playing Street Fighter Four on your PC. And I'm, I, I think you were using Hugo. I want to say. Anyway. Oh yeah. Well, that also has to go into uh, how I uh, like feel about finding games. Is I'm a I always go towards heavy characters. Heavy characters are always my 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 weak point. I'm always that fast in and out fighter. Like when it comes to like Street Fighter. Uh, like I said, Dalsim is one of my favorites. Uh, I really like uh, Akuma, and if I if I fuck around, I like to be be Dan. No one likes Dan. Dan's well, my... that, well, it's funny because uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, like they put Dan in there, and like Dan is meant to be a joke character. Yeah, he's got the pink gi, he does the Hadouken, yeah. but it's like super duper tiny. He's like obsessed with Ryu and Ken, and it's. The the lore for Street He's Fighter. He's actually in Street Fighter Five. Is he? Yeah, he is. They did yeah. add him as a DLC character later on that's, after its release. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. See, Dan. Uh, Dan, 
Dan is my favorite because I, I, I just enjoy the joke character. I enjoy that character that like gets it like hits gets hit once and you can see like tears coming out of his eyes and it's like mm -hmm. why the fuck is this character in here? But uh yeah, fast characters are always my, my my niche. Like the big heavy bulky guys, they do a lot of damage, they can take a lot of hits, but like whenever you get somebody fast in there and you can just button mash your way through a fight, that's the best way. But but I will go ahead and say that I've never gotten my ass handed so hard to me in a fighting game like I have with you and John. <laughs> John and... Oh, yeah. Uh, for our listeners, John and Doug are such beast fucking fighters when it comes to fighting games that they'll jump on PSN and they're like, hey, you want to play the new Street Fighter? And it's like, no, no, I don't want to get mad at my own self for being terrible <laughs> in a video game for hours on net. If I wanted to do that, I'd jump on Dark Souls. Hey, that's that's only how you get better, though, uh, you pay with better players. I mean, honestly. You know, uh, John in Street Fighter 4 online, he was uh, literally the top Rufus player in the world for a short time i went over there the first time i met john and yeah. and riley was like uh you were there lance was there uh john me and you and we were sitting at john's grandma's house and john was like hey you want to play street fighter with me and i was like oh yeah i know how to button mash let's fucking go and i sat down and i don't think i hit him once He's I'm like he's like those tricks don't work here. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty sure yeah. he like beat my ass so hard I did not lay. I laid one hand on him out of like eight matches I played with him. I, I think I got one hit on him. And that was it. No, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say a short time. He still is the best Rufus player in the world. If you ever want to get your ass kicked in Street Fighter Four, challenge John and ask him to pick Rufus, and he will fuck your shit up. If you're a Street Fighter yeah. fan and you uh, got a PlayStation, yeah. go ahead and email us at menamisfortune at gmail.com. We will be sure to set that up and stream the shit out of it. I will say, we will be the matchmaker here. Um, I'm trying to remember John's uh, PSN name right now. I think, it's... I think it was uh, Gung Ho Gun 19. Yeah, because it, yeah, it was named after Trigun actually yeah if yep. you have balls of yeah. steel go ahead and add that man and i want to see that fucking fight go down we will stream it on our twitch just so we can uh have future future lols at it i want to say that day that we went over to john's house it was based on the intent because i at that time i had been hanging out with lance a lot and i was i had just bought marvel vs. capcom 2 for the first time and I'd always wanted that game so much as a kid. Like, I remember being young and going into Best Buy, being like, Mommy, Mommy, buy me this game. She's like, $60. You better go to the $5 bin, son. <laughs> and, like, I, I could never get it. And then, finally, I went to the local video game store, or the retro store, and I saw it. And I think they had it for, like, I don't know, like, 50 60 bucks, which is still, like, full retail price from when it released. And I was just like, I'm going to bite the bullet, and I'm going to fucking buy this game. And... I think, like when I was a kid and played the first Marvel vs. Capcom, I literally played that game for like two months straight, just nonstop, because I was just so fucking enticed with it. Like, I was just like, I, I gotta get all the characters unlocked, I just gotta play it as much as I possibly can and master it. And then I remember at that point in time, I went to hang out with Doug and a few other friends, and I was just like, I'm gonna challenge Doug and see like how good I actually am. And I apparently was not that good because Doug kicked my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the same thing happened on my end, and like 
I thought because Street Fighter Three was uh, Third Strike was how I thought I was getting good at fighting games. And once I started playing Street Fighter against John, I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fucking shit." <laughs> <laughs> I think the most intimidating <laughs> thing about you guys is you guys use fight sticks, don't you? Doug does. I actually play on. I I can play on a fight stick. It depends on what game I'm playing, but I prefer to play on controller. Uh, my uh, I prefer to play on Dual Shocks. Mm. Now let me ask you this: Are you a um? An analog stick guy, or do you actually use the directional D-pad. buttons? See, D-pad's I'm, scary too. I'm the yeah. same way. I hate using an analog stick. I prefer the D-pad. See, my well, trick is because. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, the, well, because the reason is is that um, there are certain shortcuts you can do for certain moves in fighting games, and they're a lot easier to do for on a D-pad. See my uh my 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 go-to strategy is if I'm getting my ass kicked with the D-pad, I'll switch to analog just to see if I can. And 99% of the time I do worse with the analog stick, and I switch back to the D-stick if I'm or D-pad if I'm able to, you know, get through the fucking fight. But like most of the time, it's if I'm if I'm resorting to the analog stick, the fight's already over. Yeah, that's that's kind of the same situation with me. I've I've had that moment in fighting games. You're like, dude, I gotta try something different. Here. This is not fucking working, man. Yeah. But actually, it's interesting that you've mentioned that because Marvel vs. Capcom is a game that I actually did like to play on fight stick. That that is kind of surprising. I'm I, I might yeah. have to try that. I still have yet to buy a fight stick. I've wanted to for years. Um, I I just I don't know. I can't. I anytime I see one on sale at like GameStop or something, I have that thought in my head. I'm like. You could do it. You could finally do it. Like, does it work on PS4? Does it work for PC? It does. Okay, but do you want to spend that $100 today? No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Turn away, or turn around and walk away. Yeah. Your wallet is screaming. Like, is this this the good brand? I don't know. I might have to, like, I might have to phone in a friend here to find out. (laughs) Well, a lot of people, even when they get their five, six, they still modify them later. True. How do they mod them? Yeah. How do you mod a fight stick? You can put better buttons in it. Um, Doug, you take the reins here. You know. Well, you can. A lot of fight sticks nowadays, you can open them up. Uh, but uh, what they do is they just, like Riley said, you put new buttons in them. You can get uh, different uh, sticks for them. Uh, some people like the buttons like click, you know. I love ASMR buttons, like the typewriter sounding buttons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some people, because uh, it gives them better, re- like it helps them play the game so they can actually like hear what they're doing. Makes a lot and of sense. And some, yeah, and some fight sticks, you get the buttons and they just don't feel right. They, they, they're a little loose. I could see that. Yeah. But, um, with Marvel vs. Capcom, when Marvel vs. Capcom 2 came out, I I can't tell you how much I played that game. Oh, yeah, I remember walking in and oh. seeing my brother play that fucking game, and I was like, what, it, what, are, you, what are you playing? What is this? Why, why does this look so cool? Who is this cable guy, and why are you pressing square and winning every single time? I don't get it. <laughs> why does he have unlimited bullets? 
Yeah, cable. I actually recently just found out. Recent. I say recently, but it was last night. Um, he is one of the two of the main protagonists of Marvel vs. Capcom. It doesn't make two. any sense. Like I don't yeah. get that. I don't get that from that story. Like uh, I don't either because I don't remember there being a story in that. There's game. no. It's a fighting game. <laughs> there, there is no story. <laughs> let's ha- let's see how many buttons I can press to get to Goo Man at the very end. This this was based on the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two Wikipedia. Because I was kind of just clicking through characters to see. I'm like, ah, who do I want to talk about? And then. I saw Cable, and I clicked on Ruby Hart, who was apparently an original character for that game, and it said, Ruby Hart is one of two main characters for Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And I'm like, well, who's the other one? They're like, it's Cable. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that makes no sense whatsoever. Whoever but... made that Wikipedia is just fucking trolling you. Uh, could be. I don't know. Um, to get in some more facts here... Um, the Marvel vs. Capcom series has received generally positive reviews from critics who have praised its fast-paced gameplay, which we talked about, animated visuals, and wealth of playable characters. On the other hand, the game have been the games have been criticized for their lack of content, especially more recent installments, which we will talk about. Oh, yeah. The series has enjoyed broad appeal, especially in the markets outside of Japan, selling approximately 10 million units as of 2021. A lot of the characters that you can play in this game stem from many other fighting games published by Capcom, such as Street Fighter, Darkstalkers, Cyberbots, Mega Man, Marvel Superheroes, Captain Commando, Strider, Hiru, and so many others. Capcom, like, I think at some point what they decided was they wanted uh because capcom is whether or not people accept it or not they you know they had such a huge influence on fighting games and introducing marvel characters to that game just made it that much better it it honestly did uh you know you like having these street fighter characters in there there's not i mean there is a lore to it uh but it's not you have to play the games, know the games, and have that kind of lore, and then you get the Marvel characters in there, and it kind of just boosts everything up. I mean, you have characters like Sentinel, and Sabretooth, and two different kinds of Wolverines, and Cyclops, and Storm, and Rogue, and just all these Marvel characters that just kind of, like, come in, hit you in the dick while you're not expecting it, out of 56 fucking characters. That's that's an incredible <laughs> roster of people, yeah. dude. Between uh, Capcom pulling out from the darkest depths of their fucking, like core games you've got jill valentine on there you've got fucking uh you've got the lego guy you've got mega man you've got captain commando you've well, got it's, it's not the lego guy i don't it's fucking a, know what his tron. name is it's a tron yeah yeah it's a bot from uh, uh tron bond yeah see i just call him yeah. lego man all right he looks like yeah. a giant fucking lego he right? does but it's, it's from the mega man universe all right so but like yeah. they just have so many characters out the wazoo when it comes to this game and uh, whenever you play Capcom, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 1, you know, it's got a pretty decent roster, and you're like, how can this get any better? And they're like, let's add more fucking characters! They're like, we're going to multiply that by five, which is literally what they did, because the original game was only... You for a ride. Thank <laughs> you! <laughs> Thank you. Dude, and that song is so ingrained into my my childhood. Like, anytime I think about that game, that song just plays on repeat for fucking five hours because it does not stop. It does not stop. They're taking you for the longest ride possible. 
Jane, I'm pretty sure it plays in every single fucking uh, fight level, right? I know it's in the opening screen. I know it's like when you're loading up, you're picking your selections. Like, do you want to have one player, so, two player, arcade? Like, what do you want to do? It's not the music in the actual level, but they do play it in the character select screen. And they kind of play it before the loading screen, I want to say. It just doesn't um, stop. One thing I did want to say, though, is the reason that capcom acquired the marvel ip is because they before they made all of the marvel fighting games they released marvel war of the gems on super nintendo which was kind of similar to punisher which doug mentioned earlier was like a side-scrolling uh marvel beat-em-up game and that's kind of what segued them into making these fighting games yeah so what they wanted to do was uh they kept Marvel and Capcom kept going back and forth and they were like well why don't we just fucking put both these games together and just uh, make a fucking masterpiece and that's exactly what they did (laughs) that's 100% what they did (laughs) and I'm very thankful for that yeah but unfortunately um, Marvel's Capcom 2 even though everyone remembers that game there wasn't another Marvel versus game for like over a decade, I believe. Didn't it come out for the PS2 uh, or PS4? I mean, my bad. PS4. No, PS3. It came out for the PS3. PS3. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say the third one wasn't as well received. I don't feel like I felt like the the, the second one. It was. It had the right time, the right audience. We had all these Marvel versus Capcom type of games. We had, you know, the Children of Adam. We had just just a, an abundance of fighting games at this point in time. And then they kind of like I don't want to say they did a cash grab, but they kind of did a God of War where they waited like a decent amount of time to put out another game. And when they put that game out, it, I just didn't feel like it hit as hard as it could have. <laughs> No, not at first. Uh, when the first, when Marvel vs. Capcom three first came out, it did have decent reception, but not what they wanted. Um, but then, uh, competitively, it started getting bigger, and then that's when they came out with Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three. Yeah, see, that that's the one I I believe I might have played. I don't think I played the the original. You know, like the disc that originally came out. Yeah, because then they added more characters to it. They got more characters on the roster. And it had a huge online reaction. And at fighting game tournaments, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is still played to this day, like, competitively. It's crazy. I could see that, too, because it's just as fast-paced as, you know, the original Marvel vs. Capcoms. It doesn't have a terrible roster. I mean... They added Deadpool. They added more Resident Evil characters. I'm pretty sure that's when they introduced Nemesis. Nemesis was in the game. Yeah, yeah. Nemesis is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, I want to also say that I want to say if it wasn't for Doug, I wouldn't have known about Marvel vs. Capcom three because that's actually how I got introduced to our friend John because that was the game that we went over to John's house and played on his 360. And I want to say I got my ass handed to me, which wasn't a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but after well, that, Marvel vs. Oh, no, Marvel vs. Capcom Three, they also Marvel vs. Capcom Three, they also like the head characters you wouldn't expect. They had Deadpool, they had Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, they had beautiful Joe. 
of yeah, which was another hey. Capcom IP. Uh, yeah. That not a lot of people really talk about either. He kind of had I his was... like day in the sun, but what if, what was he off of? It was uh, it was just a standalone Capcom character. He was the okay. I remember him. He was kind of like the the spaceship looking dude. He had the, the glasses. He looked kind of like Mega Man, but he wasn't right. He had like yeah. a red he, suit. Yeah, he, I loved. I actually loved Beautiful Video. I loved that game. It was super fun. Yeah, and, and it, it like I feel like what Capcom and Marvel did with that. I don't know how. Like I know that they 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 have to have agreements for Marvel to or Capcom to use the Marvel characters. But I feel like what Capcom did was they tried to like hone in on our childhood and our memory and the playability of this game. They're like, let's just redo this game, but do it even bigger than what we did with number two and see how people take it. And I feel like that's probably why it wasn't well received was because the fan base for that game died like, you know, mid 2000s we had a we had a re-releasing of the uh, marvel vs. capcom 2 uh, a remastered edition for later consoles right um it ended up being ported as an online download for the 360 and ps3 marketplace which it had a huge fucking presence on yeah and i feel like they tried to they probably tried to cash grab on that because they saw like what kind of response the the game still had within the the gaming community and then actually with that release too it offered online play well that's why i uh same thing happened with street fighter so it just makes you know it just seems like it's so weird that marvel and capcom that they join together but they seem to have such a problem with like when the games come out they're kind of dead on arrival but then later on they have this huge online presence Right, it's almost like a rebirth after people realize, you know, oh wait, this game is actually really good because it's kind of a niche like fan base too. Like only you know people like the three of us are really going to be waiting for a game like that to come out, and then when it becomes popular, everybody kind of jumps on the bandwagon and was just like, oh, this is actually really fun. You know, I'm going to play this, and you know, it's going to get competitive. Um, one of the things I kind of wanted to touch base on, which was big news. A couple years ago, and Doug, you and I have talked about this was the reintroduction of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 to Evo. Oh, they brought it back. They 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 planned on doing it. I don't know if it actually happened or not because I want to say it was around COVID, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. But it was it was a huge announcement because you know Evo, for those of you who don't know, is like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, fighting game tournament in the world. Oh, they get, like, Super Smash Bros., boxing games, Street Fighter, Tekken, like... Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, the big heavy hitters, and they get all these players from across the world that are ranked, and they're the best of the best, and they throw them together in this giant fight, and it's it's really fucking awesome to watch. And then Sonic Fox wins out all of them. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> but I know that a couple years ago that... A big shocker was that they decided to reintroduce Marvel vs. Capcom 2 to that roster. And, like, the internet, just as far as the fighting game community, just kind of went insane over that. Because I know for a long time that was one of the main games in the roster that was competitive. And I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I believe it's it was like the match heard around the world. 
like the greatest comeback of all time. I'm trying to think of the specifics of it. It was like a Chun Li player and then somebody else. Doug, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I think I do. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Like somebody right now. blocked like a 40 hit combo and, and then, then came back oh, with this. Talking yeah. about Evo moment. Uh, um, 96 37. or 37. Yeah, 30, Evo moment 37. Yeah. Yeah. Mason, go ahead and play that crowd going wild for that fight. Daigo versus Justin Wong, where he yes, parried. Yes, that's uh, it. Yeah, Evo Mobile 37, where Daigo parried uh, Chun Li's super from Justin Wong and then counter hit him with no hit health left. Yeah, and if you heard and, in if you heard in that clip, just yeah. the crowd goes absolutely fucking nuts, it man. Is literally, go, let's go, Justin. And he just gets parried. Yeah. Yeah, it is literally like the greatest comeback of all time. I actually have I actually have a video of me doing that same parry. Oh no shit. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but the reason why that parry is so difficult is because in Street Fighter Third Strike, Chun Li's super is zero frame. So what does that mean? That means that you have to in Street Fighter Three to parry something you have to press forward so that means you have to be pressing forward before she activates the super that makes sense so it'd be a forward no buttons press just as you're going through and, yeah. and he was he was blocking during the combo wasn't he yeah because you have to hold back to block he was walking back and forth it's a trick that we like in third strike and not just in third strike but in multiple fighting games that's why you shimmy back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah because you're waiting for it so he already had the forward button press and once he saw that he had it he just kept parrying that's insane it's and even once you get the first parry it's insanely hard to do just to keep just to keep up with the hits yeah yeah it's it's a pretty incredible video for those of you of you who haven't seen it out there, go ahead and Google what, or look it up on YouTube. What we were just talking about, you'll you'll be amazed. Um, I kind of want to get back into some of the more uh, Capcom side of things here. Capcom changed fighting games and some of even your favorite games like Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, Azura's Wrath. But today we're mainly focusing on their fighting games because we'd be here for weeks if we sat here and talked about everything. But we will touch base on them later throughout this episode and in later episodes. So let's dive into the story of Capcom and their start. The true story of Capcom began in Japan in 1979 as a manufacturer and distributor of electronic game machines. In 1983, Capcom Company was founded, but under a different name. It was originally called the IRM Corporation, and it was formed in 1979 in Matsubura, Osaka, Osaka by Kenzo Sujimoto. The name Capcom, an abbreviation of Capsule Computer, was first used in the early 80s, and the newly named subsidiary was focused on selling software. 
Capcom released its first video game, a coin-operated title called Little League. In the ensuing years, the young company released a few more coin-titled ops before taking the big leap into arcade video games. Coin ops were more like old pinball machines and didn't have any video display, and home consoles for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Mega Man. Mega Man was its first big arcade game, and up until this point, Capcom was known for making arcade games, followed by ports of said arcade games of home consoles. Mega Man was its first efforts into making a console-specific game. A small team including young artists Kenji Infuno began to develop the game and was ideal for utilizing simple controls combined to keep deep gameplay for consoles. The game debuted on Nintendo Entertainment Center in 1987. And while the sales weren't that high for it, it performed well enough to persuade <clears throat> it performed well enough to persuade the team to make a sequel. The series took off when Mega Man 2 released becoming one of Capcom's cornerstone franchises and spawning a plethora of spin-offs. We also have Bionic Commando mentioned here. After Mega Man debuted, Capcom released Bionic Commando into arcades. The action platformer reveled in weirdness primarily because it lacked a jump button, which would be fucking agonizing. Oh my god, I could not play a game without might a jump button. Might as well be playing Dark Souls. Instead, players were forced to wield the hero's bionic arm to move around, all while fending off enemies with a rifle. Bionic Commando is best known for its shocking lack of taste. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Bionic Commando was known as top secret, Hitler's resurrection, and featured swastikas in a plot <laughs> involving the dictator's revival. The specifics of those details were washed over in North America for good reason, probably, with an albatross logo replacing all the swastikas, Nazis being called bads, and the Hitler character dubbed Master D. <laughs> Strider. Prior to the 80s, Capcom crafted its game internally. All this changed when Asako Saka, the new head development, came aboard. He initiated a plan to outsource certain development projects, beginning with fresh perspectives. One such as the deal with manga artist Matoriyama Kazuki? Kazuku? I question your eyeballs when you read certain names. I, You know, I, <laughs> I don't know Japanese! <laughs> you, okay, say it, 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 say it. Say it, say it. Yamate Kodasai. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our opening. Three Capcom employees and an artist from Katsu... You say it again, Doug. Katsuku. <laughs> Manga Studios met in a hotel, Sinjuku, and began to work creating the new concept. They settled upon a ninja design featuring a setting that deviated from traditional ninja games. The near future, the rest of the games flowed from simple ideas in the 1989. The Strider video game and manga hit stories. Although Strider failed to set the world ablaze, it taught the company how to work with an external talent. And I just want to say for a second, Strider Hear You is probably one of the most underrated Capcom franchises out there. I've never played it, but the, the Iron Tiger dog things that he's got is sick as fuck. Tigers are... Not dogs. I don't know what the fuck he has. He just sends them out. <laughs> I played the game. I saw him do it. Just remember, tigers are like, you know, 
Cats. Tigers are they are not dogs? Dude, Tigers I don't know what they are. They're like cybernetic, like dog wolf things. Like I don't know what they are. They are they tigers? What are they? They're, yeah, they're tigers. Oh, so he's got robot tiger army. Yeah, kinda. Um, but what I was gonna say was that they actually made three separate Strider games. Two of them are on PlayStation One, and you can actually, I believe, it's a combo pack. You can buy one and two, and or you, I guess you still can. Strider 1 and 2 are released. They were released on, like, this. It was its own release. You could get 1 and 2 for the price of 1. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how bad the game was? No, it was. it's really fun. I played the first one and beat it in one night, actually. But do you get to name the tigers? That's the burning question. <laughs> That's it, um, it. They did have a revival for Strider, like, in the early 2010s on... PS3, 360, and PC, which I actually have on PC. Was it called Ninja Gaiden? No. Damn it. No, you didn't cry at the end of it because it was so fucking hard. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, every Ninja Gaiden game is fucking insanely hard. Uh, we move on to Street Fighter 2 after that, um, which was Capcom... Capcom. 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 <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it was Capcom's next hit that changed the world. Yoshiki Akamoto led the development of a sequel to a mildly popular fighting game, Street Fighter. He assembled a team headed by Akira Yusada and Akira Nishitani, a pair of young artists. The end result of their work, Street Fighter II The World Warrior, delivered a smash hit from the day it was released. The fighting game innovated on the one-on-one -on -one fighter and brought it to a whole new level. With multiple unique characters, easier to perform special moves, and ridiculously addictive gameplay. Who is your guys' character in Marvel, or in Street Cock? Uh, fuck. Street Cock? <laughs> street Cock street Fighter 2. Shut two. the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Street Cock street Fighter 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picking... Just two chickens that you throw in there. They just dress up as like fighters. I'm just picturing like a chicken with like a Ryu's headband. There you on. go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd do it in a out of his mouth. Like a, or I guess it'd be a rooster. He was a street cockfighter. So, what was your favorite Street Fighter character from one and two? Who were you always like when you would go into an arcade and you see a punk ass bitch standing at the arcade machine or online, and you're like, "All right, who am I gonna pick? Who's that quarter going to?" Like. Well, um, as far as Street Fighter 2 goes, um, I would either pick uh, E-Honda or Zangief. That makes sense, since you said you like heavier characters or heavy fighters. Yeah. Uh, me, personally, I usually would choose either Ken or Sagat. I don't know why. I guess the, the Tiger Knee. Well, just... Sagat was, uh, in Street Fighter 2 especially... Sagat was very, very strong. He was. I want to say yeah. in the arcade mode, wasn't he like one of the final people that you fought? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. So I've always I've always been a, like a Vega fan, uh, Dalsim and Blanca. I, I almost could not remember Blanca's name. I was like, I, the green monster, he's got the orange fucking hair, he does the electricity, I don't know what the fuck his name is. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, that would probably be my team if I had to pick three characters or just anybody from that game. 
it would be kind of like close my eyes and pick who do I feel at that moment? Who am I going with? Most of the time, 99.9% of the time, it was always Dalsum though. Dalsum, the fire move, the the fact that you could reach across the entire screen with just one punch was just yeah. exhilarating. That's that's that zoner game. Play. I was going to say, based yeah. on the characters yeah. you just named, you just wanted to zone the shit out of people. Yeah, and just beat the yeah. shit out of them, dude. Especially if they, they look like they didn't know how to play the game. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to corner the shit out of you and just fuck your shit up. Yeah, I could never really, like, I was never really, like, a Vega guy. Something about him just annoyed the shit out of was me. Was it the claws and the mask? I, I don't know. Maybe I just wanted to be as handsome as Vega. Oh, fair enough. You know who I never really... Yeah, same. You know who I never really got into was Bison. M. Bison? Never really got into him. He looks intimidating as shit, but I just never really fucking played him. He's never, a good character. Never fucking well, him. Well, it depends on what version of Street Fighter you're playing, honestly. He just has a karate chop move. It just... It just, it no. just It was just boring as shit. It was just like, chaw, cha chaw. No. No? You just didn't know how to do the specials. Oh, well, that's because I'm fucking hitting buttons and, and flipping the stick as fast as I can. Down swirl. Up swirl. Down swirls. Up swirl. Left, right, left, right. And this Extra is why angle. you're not good at Street Fighter. No. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even good that good at Street Fighter. I'm alright with <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom too, but Street Fighter itself I'm not good with. Tekken, Tekken's my game. Fair enough. I know Doug's a Tekken boy too. Who's your Who's your guy? Yeah, I play Tekken. Who's your guy? And Tekken? It, I feel like it's King. Oh yeah. You're a King Absolutely. guy. You're a King guy. Fucking King. I can smell it yeah. on you. Yep. Fuck King. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a. Uh, do you Do you miss Armored King? I know this is oh, way he's off still topic. Still in the game. He's uh, He's in Tekken Seven. He's a DLC character. He's a DLC character. I wasn't sure. I I remember yeah. just normal King being in there. But I also, uh, uh, also in Tekken 7, interestingly enough, Akuma is in Tekken 7. He is. Yeah. And he basically, he has pretty much the same moveset as he would in a Street Fighter game, if I'm not mistaken. In Street Fighter 4, yeah. Right. You know who's in the Power Ranger game? Uh, Ryu and Chun-Li. Ooh, <laughs> look at nice. him. Yeah, my son yeah. made me buy him, and I was like, what the fuck is this? They're actually fun to play as. Yeah, I can see that. If you ever want to be Ryu just kicking the Green Ranger's ass, I mean, that's <laughs> well, the that's game for you. Ryu and Chun-Li and uh, the Power Rangers game play exactly as they do in the Marvel vs. Capcom games because the Power Rangers game plays like a Marvel vs. Capcom game. And I, I still have yet to this day to play it. I've never played Battle for yeah. the Grid. Like, I got it. I mean, you can come over and play it anytime. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can I can I summon a Megazord? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Kinda. I'm hooked. I mean, you kind of can. You like? But did you know that Lars is a character in uh, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Two from Tekken? <laughs> really? I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we did kind of touch base earlier how, um, you know, Capcom struck a, you know, a deal with Marvel. In 1994, Capcom began working with Marvel on X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, a side-scrolling beat-em-up for the SNES. <laughs> After its completion, <laughs> the company moved on to making one-on-one -on -one fighting games with the characters, starting with X-Men Children of the Atom. Eventually, Capcom came, with a came up with a brilliant idea pitting the X-Men against the cast of Street Fighter. 
1996, Capcom released X-Men vs. Street Fighter in arcades. It, it was extremely well-received. The game introduced the tag team mechanic that would become a staple of the fast-paced versus series. Sequels to the game added more Marvel characters, which is Marvel versus Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter, and more Capcom characters, which became Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes. Wait, so there's two different fucking games for this? Yeah. Marvel vs. Super Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter is like I just read was basically the reason we have Marvel versus Capcom. Right. And, like, that was, again, like I said earlier, that was the game that I told you had the, like, six secret characters. I, I believe mm-hmm. it's the only game in the Capcom fighting games where you can actually use Cyber Akuma besides Street Fighter V where you get that as a costume for Akuma. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, you know, we had Resident Evil in 1994. Um, Shinji Mikami set out to make the scariest and prettiest game ever created. Resident Evil didn't just serve as an example of survival horror. It defined the term. Ooh. Which I agree. Capcom. Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2 is probably still my favorite game of all time. I I can see why. I tried to do a speed run with it, and I think the fastest I've gotten with that game is five hours. Oh, Doug, time yours. An hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, I sat with Mason one day and I was like, I'm going to speed run this. And like, because I just, I beat it one time and I'm, I've got a really good memory when it comes to video games. And I sat down with Mason and Mason and I played it. It took me five, it was like five and a half hours to run through that game. And that was the last time I played it. Um, the, the playability of that game is insane. Uh, you've got, uh, who is that? Is it, It's Claire. You have Claire and Leon. And then you also have the special mission at the very end, uh, the the forces. Well, you have you have the uh, B side uh, for both characters, and then you also have, um, depending on which version you're playing, you can also play as Hunk and Tofu. Oh, the yes. Tofu, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which they did bring to the remaster a couple years ago. Which I thought was fucking hilarious. Like, you can't actually... Be a block of tofu and play Resident Evil. Yeah. But, it's fucking... yeah. but don't you have to play it on, like, a harder difficulty to actually unlock the tofu? Yeah. Uh, you Well, there's a certain string of things you have to do in order to unlock it. And it also depends on which version you're playing. Wasn't there also special forces in that one? It was like uh, you, you play... Yeah, well, it, it was that, that was on the uh, PS1 version, on the deluxe version. I played Resident Evil 2 on N64. Me too, yeah. It was, oh, okay. That was my speed yeah, run that yeah. I did with it. Yeah. Kind of surprised by that. I figured you played it on PlayStation for some reason. Well, I had it on PlayStation, but the first uh, time I uh, did a speed run of it was on the N64 version. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I myself, like, I love N64 as a console, but I... I hate the fucking controller. I think it's always used. Yeah. Fucking kidding me? It's like one of the best controllers. I ever. think it's probably the worst. <laughs> controller no, that controller made. is fucking. That controller is shit. It is dog shit. So you either have yeah. like you either have a C pad that you don't ever use or a D pad that you don't ever use. You either have one side of the controller that you use or you have the other side that you don't. 
is basically what I've gotten out of it. And I, I like the N64 as a console, but I hate, like I said, I cannot stand that controller. Like, I remember trying to play, like, Turok 2 on it one oh, time with me. some friends. And I got stuck in a corner and couldn't get out. <laughs> like, I literally just got trapped. <laughs> well, that also doesn't help that Turok's controls are fucking also shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo 64 had a lot of clunkers, man. But they had some, they had some golden ones, kind of like Resident Evil 2. And Resident Evil 2... Uh, it's it's still a classic. I could still pick that game up tomorrow and still play the fuck out of it and still and just have as much fun out of it than I mean, like the first time I played it. The first time I played it, it was like opening up a box of fucking magic and oh yeah. Well, there are two there are two games that uh I play every year that I just sit down and run through, and Resident Evil Two is one of them. Rightfully so. Honestly, I. It's, it's funny you mentioned that uh, game I was recently playing that when I was younger I'd always come back to. Um, I randomly just started playing San Andreas, and I, I actually <laughs> I got farther than I've ever been on it without using cheat codes, and it felt kind of good. And then I kind of just stopped. So I don't know why. Like I, I haven't gone back. To Is it. San Andreas with CJ? I can't believe you just even asked that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah, it is. Well, I, I'm sorry, but for the last ten years, we've had the same fucking, uh, the same uh, what the fuck? Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just had a complete split. Yes. Well, you're also a black guy in that one, or you can be. Yeah. No, point. I know, but we've had the same like Grand Theft Auto for like the last like five five to ten years like i don't oh, I don't. it's been like a decade almost i don't remember all the grand theft autos anymore i just remember that there's only five so <laughs> they don't want to kill the, five but the other game that i play every year since we're talking about marvel since we're talking by disney now is kingdom hearts Ooh, you know i'm really <laughs> i'm really surprised that they haven't can we count that can we count can, does kingdom hearts count as like a marvel game it gave, well, I mean, I guess now. Because yeah. It, uh, <laughs> uh, did you see the, the trailer for the fourth game that's coming out? Is it four? Yeah, it's four. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 4, yeah. It looks that's so what, fucking yeah. good. And I, I honestly thought I wasn't going to play another Kingdom Hearts game after three. I haven't played three. It's such trash. It's, it's like, trash. Don't even waste your fucking time. <laughs> I waited 15 didn't years. Put any Final Fantasy characters in it. The only Final Fantasy character I saw was a uh like five second clip where they just randomly put a cactar in there and that was it that's disappointing to yeah hear. and they got nope. rid of the sephiroth fight that was in the first two they got rid of like you know cloud and and leon and tifa and eris and all of they them. played the entire song of let it go from frozen, frozen. oh yeah. i heard about that <laughs> yeah so like you like during uh kingdom hearts 2 you had um you had the little mermaid and the little mermaid was a button action part of the game and you know it's like look at this stuff i have all these things something something words i don't remember what it was but like swim you, swim yeah and he had swim swim and he had like all these button combinations and you couldn't do them at a certain time because you had to have something to kind of like you had to have like the max 
air move or the max lightning move or the max ice move to come back and do those levels. So like it wasn't like all of it at once. It wasn't too bad. You know, you could like save it for an, uh, like a rainy day and then come back and like do it. And um, it wasn't too bad. But like the frozen level, you couldn't move past it. You had to do it all right then and there. And it was like the worst fucking thing I've ever played in my entire fucking life. Don't even talk about Toy Stories yeah. and how the fact that I got fucking stuck in the toy store. I couldn't leave that place for an entire day and a half. I didn't know no, what I was doing. There's no direction. There's no, like, the best part about Kingdom Hearts 2 was that there was a map and you knew exactly what you were fucking supposed to do. This was like, get out of the mall. And it's like, there's 40 fucking stores in here. What do you mean, get out of the mall? Where do I go? <laughs> yeah. The front door doesn't it, work. But it's interesting that I brought up, uh, the, the reason, uh, you know, it's interesting that I brought that up because Kingdom Hearts and Squaresoft kind of did the same thing that Marvel vs. Capcom did. When Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 came out, there were no Final Fantasy characters, even though it's a Disney cross Squaresoft game. What do you but, think? They, why do you think they did that? Do you think they just didn't like uh, Squaresoft was like so tired of Kingdom Hearts? Because bullshit with they're it trying and... to bank on the movies. And that's exactly what happened with Marvel's Capcom Infinite. It is 100 percent what happened with that. <laughs> yeah. And we said we'd come back to it and. We did, and, you know, we had two games, two masterpieces of games with Marvel vs. Capcom, one and two. Three, you know, it's 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 not the greatest, but it's also not the worst. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is by far the fucking worst Capcom <laughs> fighter Oh, no, it was made. dead on arrival. It was yeah. dead on arrival, and, you know, I had a moment with that game when it got announced like because i had you know it was around the time i had gotten back into marvel vs. capcom and i'm like you know wow i really wish they'd make another one and you know some wishes just shouldn't come true honestly <laughs> because that one did in about a few months time they announced it and i remember getting it pretty close to release and playing it and i absolutely fucking hated it they took all the x-men characters out of it almost um, at least the good ones. I'm guessing they left like Wolverine and Cyclops. I... Well, Cyclops wasn't in Marvel vs. Capcom 3 either. Oh, he wasn't? No. no Did they get wasn't. tired of his gazer beam bullshit where it's just you press square? Well, they, they felt like he wasn't, um, a, uh, that he wasn't a very popular character and that he felt too much like Ryu and the other Street Fighter characters. That makes sense. That's uh, so disheartening. But literally, I was watching a video yesterday for Infinite, and Capcom deliberately said that they chose the character, the Marvel characters they did because they didn't think that the current Marvel fan base would be interested seeing characters they didn't know a lot about. So they went with the movie characters, like Black Widow, Thor, which Thor was in the original Marvel vs. Capcom games, um... Who else? Winter Soldier was a DLC character. Lame. I think Rocket Raccoon was in Infinite. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Infinite, yeah. And then uh, Captain Marvel, which, you know, because she was relevant at the time. Um, and then, you know, there's a few other ones in there. They, had, they still had Hulk, I believe. They still had Captain America. They still had Iron Man. But the roster was just... 
it wasn't a very big roster for one, and it was just a kind of a like Doug said, it was just dead on arrival. Like you know, it, there wasn't a lot of hype built around it, and they tried to release some DLC characters, and it still just was not enough to revive that game. Do you think Marvel vs. Capcom, the reason why it's so successful is the diversity of its uh, character selection? Absolutely. The roster itself. So when that roster came out and there wasn't, it wasn't as as pumped as like two or three. Like it just, it was dead. It was just like, why would I play this? Pretty much. It, it did have a few Darkstalker characters on there, though. Um, it did still have Morgan. Um, and... It had um, it had Jetta in the game. Yeah. What she's like yeah. the boss of the Darkstalkers games, I want to say. Vampire dude. Yeah, kind of. Vampire dude, the scythe, and the blood, blood magic. Yeah. Yeah, which he's pretty badass. I really like playing him on the original Darkstalkers But they games. still put fucking Arthur in the game. Oh, yeah. God forbid we don't have him. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Chuck Spears across the fucking screen the whole time, you know. that's Like, how relevant is Ghost and Goblin? Yeah, when's the last time they made one of those games, you know? <laughs> but so, they still had Nemesis in the game, so... They did, so, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it, the, the the game itself, it doesn't stand on much of a leg if it doesn't have the characters. Uh, so try to convince our listeners for something, a reason to play at least two and three if they haven't already or they haven't checked out a Capcom fighting game and they're like, why the fuck would I play this? Like, what what's the, the point? Like, what would, it, what would the selling reason be for this game this franchise i would suggest to play three um the tag team system is uh very fun the combos uh that you can do the things you can pull off and also not only that the game is really simplified from the other fighting games uh, in the marvel vs. capcom series normally a lot of People like in Street Fighter are used to six button fighting games. The Marvel's Capcom 3 is actually a four button fighting game, uh, with one of the buttons being a special button. So hmm. there's a bit of a, you know, leniency there where even if you're not a competitive player, you can still have fun playing the game. Yeah, see, my favorite thing about Marvel vs. Capcom <clears throat> is the the trio or the duo special. Like, whenever you do, like, a special, you can have your whole team out there doing just one gigantic fucking blast. Like, a 96-hit combo, and it's just, like, the screen's having a seizure, you're having a seizure, everybody's <laughs> having a good time, you're on the floor fucking foaming at the mouth. It's such a good fucking time. Like, I think... <clears throat> I think if you haven't played these games, I think besides the character selection, it's definitely to fulfill your childhood thought of having Wolverine versus Ryu or fucking Magneto fighting uh, Jin or, you know, just having all these characters together and doing these outrageous fights with these outrageous combos and, and just it, it's a, it's such a fun fun fucking game to play and it never gets old well the thing that i'll always tell people uh no matter how you feel about fighting games if you want to play them competitively you should still be able to play them casually right and marvel vs. capcom has always been the staple of that i agree 
Um, to kind of move on here, um, we're nearing towards the end of our episode. But before that, I, I kind of wanted us to talk about some of our favorite games from Capcom. Doug already mentioned Resident Evil 2 earlier, um, so I know that's going to be on his list. Um, we also kind of want to, you know, hypothesize on the future of the company. And I also want to hear our dream teams from <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom. Could be any of them, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to one and two personally. Um, as far as my favorite games from the company, you know, currently, I'm going to obviously say Marvel vs. Capcom 1 is definitely one of my favorites. It, as, you know, I've stated earlier in the episode, it helps shape me as far as fighting games in general, and it's just 2D fighters, really. You know, that's that's what sold me on that genre. Um, my other favorite game is probably Darkstalkers 3. Oof. I, I really love the character roster in that game. I wish, and if there is anybody here that works for Capcom or knows a friend that works for Capcom, please, please, please push for another fucking new Darkstalkers game. That's really all I want in life. I really, and I know there's other people out there too that want that genre revived or that, that, that IP revived. It's long overdue, like decades overdue. Um, and lastly, I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, say not just a specific game, but Resident Evil. Like, I just, I just, Any of them? Just, uh, there, there have been some like shitty potatoes in that fucking, that, that, that bundle, bro. Yeah, maybe. Um, honestly, I'd have to pick Resident Evil 4, you know. 4 is such a good one. It's probably, in my opinion, probably the best one. Isn't that where, where you're Chris and you're the uh, the the black chick and you guys... Uh, you... No, that's Resident Evil 5. That's Resident Evil 5. 4. <laughs> What's 4? Four? 4 is Leon. 4 is when you're Leon. In castle? Yeah. You're in the well, castle? You're in, a, you're, in... you're in a Spanish village and you just fucking show up and kill everyone. And they didn't. <laughs> yeah, and you get your head cut off with a chainsaw and you get the... You shit your pants over all the scary things that happen to you over and over Aren't you trying to save the president's daughter? Yes. Is that what that one is? Yes. Okay, sorry. I've played so many fucking Resident Evil games, I can barely keep them straight. Well, like Doug said earlier, you know, we have those games we go back to and play every year. At least every two years I replay Resident Evil 4, I've noticed. It's just always, ever since it came out, it's always been a game that I can easily go back to. Um... I kind of touched on the future of the company because, you know, I just I just want Darkstalkers. Let's make another Darkstalkers game. <laughs> I, you know, if you make another Marvel vs. Capcom game, make it a 2D fighter. God, make it so a cool. modern 2D fighter with, like, 150 characters, maybe. That would be know. that would be the shit. Uh, be overkill. Um, as far as my dream team here, I'm going to go ahead and say, obviously, Jin. Fuck. From Marvel vs. Capcom 1. Captain Commando. Fuck! Always been a favorite of mine. Are you serious? Yes. God damn it, dude. I love Captain Commando. Um, lastly, um, this is mainly because of Marvel vs. Capcom 2, but I'd probably have to say... Probably going to say Akuma. Honestly. Oh, thank Akuma fucking God. Ken, you know... Those I gotta have a Shoto in there somewhere, right? Um, I'm gonna you pass. You gotta it. make sure you got that. Uh, those uh, 
demon specials down. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I can't remember what game we were playing recently. I want to say it was it's one of the Street Fighters. I was playing with Tyler. And or no, no, no. It was a game that Akuma was just in. I think it was Marvel vs. Capcom too. I think we were fucking playing it somewhere. Yeah, we were. We were playing at Mason's house, and I'm just like. I'm like, you can do Wrath of the Raging Demon in this game, and I spent like ten minutes looking. Dude, it he, he like, it. yeah, and he eventually, he eventually pulled it off. <laughs> he had to jump into practice mode and, and button mash like his heart fucking couldn't take it anymore. It was intense. Uh, my favorite game from Capcom would definitely have to be uh, Puzzle Fighter. I love Puzzle Fighter. I've got my uh, partner, and I've got my son playing it. Like there are nights when we come home and. Steph and Atlas will look at me and they're like, hey, let's play Puzzle Fighter. And that's such a cool experience for me. My other favorite would have to be Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I've already said that. Uh, and that's more of like a nostalgia factor for me. Like, I, I enjoy the game not only for its playability, not only for its massive roster of 56 characters, not only for the fact that, you know, Take Me For A Ride is burned into my brain and I'll probably die listening to it, but it's also the fact that it, it's such a good fucking game and anybody can be good at it and you know no you're not i mean you can hit like a 96 hit combo and feel like a champ the fight's not over yet but you know it's it's still going and that's that's what i appreciate most about it uh i i remember as a kid like you know seeing my brother set up, like play it as i've said before and and just being dumbfounded and starstruck by this this game i've never i i can't honestly remember a game that i felt that way other than skies of arcadia that, you know, I, I saw and I was like, oh, fuck, like, I have to play this. I have to get good at this game. I have to know how to do the combos. I have to know how to do the specials and how to bring in, like, two teammates and three teammates into the fight. Um, so, yeah, in the future, in my aspect, uh, I, I'm going to have to agree with Riley. I thought Darkstalkers was, like, a very well-done game. Uh, it, it's like Street Fighter, but, like, just dark and, and and badass and brooding and, it, and it's cool and it's got you know a werewolf fighting a mummy and a, and a vampire fighting another vampire and it's just it's it's really intense uh the fighting system is is great the moves are insane it's it's bloody and gory and it's everything that you want in a fighting game what was the other question what else was it Your dream oh my, team. My, my dream team my dream team uh you know i kind of hate riley because he went first and we're only <laughs> gonna have like one differentiating character on our roster uh, that's okay so obviously Jin. i i think the robot arm that comes in and like you can jump into the cockpit if you hit the right combo and you sit there and you're shooting and it's fucking it, it's so cool and then captain commando i i love captain commando I think he's one of the coolest fucking characters on the game. And my one character that's different from Riley is going to be Blackheart. I think Blackheart from 1 and 2 was one of the best fucking characters throughout Marvel vs. Capcom. I, he's got crazy long moves or distance moves. He's got great close attacks. Like He's badass. It's just this giant black mass of just fucking cool. So, Doug, what about you, man? All right. Well, when I was a kid... Um, the first time that I ever experienced, you know, Capcom was when I saw Street Fighter 2. And ever since then, I think that I've just always been, like, a fighting game person. Like, I'm, like, I, even though I didn't know what the fuck I was doing when I was a kid, 
that's all I wanted to play was I wanted to play fighting games. And it ke- like it ke- kept growing from that, like with games like Killer Instinct, Primal Ooh, Rage, Bloody Roar. Um, so when X-Men vs. Street Fighter came out, I remember reading that from uh, Hollywood Video. And I didn't want to take it back. <laughs> this is one this is one late fee I'm willing to fucking take. Right, I'll buy this game. Yeah, yeah. If I have to. <laughs> um but no, uh like just the fact that the fighting games are still keep going, like I always go back to fighting games every single time. Um Anytime I want to play a game, I want to load up like a single player game, but I always go back to a fighting game because that's, you know, just what I want to play. Because I like the action, I like the content, I like how fast paced it is. And I've gotten to the point now with playing with John so much that I'm actually starting to get into, you know, like how it works. If I had to pick a dream team, it would be Nemesis, uh, Venom. Venom, good fucking choice. Oh yeah, and Iron Man. Iron Man, hell yeah! Okay. I like yeah. I like the giant fucking cannon he pulls out. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> proton cannon. Yeah, the yeah. proton cannon. It like shows up <laughs> yeah. out of nowhere, it, like lands on his shoulder, and he just lets out this giant fucking beam. It like covers a quarter of the screen. Yeah, that that was I think one of the more appealing moves to me as a kid when I first played Marvel vs. Capcom and I saw that and I'm just like, whoa, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's really cool that you can have, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because in Marvel vs. Capcom two you have Iron Man and War Machine, and then you have Wolverine and then Bone Claw Wolverine, so it's just like. You can have two of each on 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 your team, and it's you can have like two proton cannons going at the same time. Yeah, you can just yeah. Well, they both do different things. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they have different uh, attributes and different uh, uh, frames. That oh. blows my mind. I thought it was just like a different skin. I had no fucking clue. Yeah. Damn. Well, you learned something new today. And so of our listeners here, if you've been with us for the past hour or so, um, we've talked a lot about our love and passion for this game. Um, if you've made it this far, I appreciate you sticking with us. Um, we've kind of gotten off topic a few times, but that's okay. This is our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. We'll cry if we want to. Hey, fucking men, brother. <laughs> Goddamn right. Um, I want to thank Doug for coming out today um, for sharing his love and passion as well um, and his knowledge of cap all things capcom all things fighting games can't thank you enough doug we love you very much and i can't wait to have you back on the show whenever we do our one piece episode because you and i are gonna nerd the fuck out and our naruto episode there we go (laughs) can i get a what's your what's your best uh naruto or one piece uh impression just get oh my best One Piece impression. I want to hear it. Oh Lord! Ow! Oh Frankie! <laughs> Super! 
That is so fucking on point. That is so fucking on point, man. I cannot wait to have you back on this fucking show and do that episode. You guys can have your own One Piece episode. Oh, I bet your ass. You bet your ass. We will. <laughs> I'll chime in. I'll just be here, like. I'll be like the guy you see like in a show, like filing his fingernails, like in the background, like, huh? Yeah, that's interesting. Big Mama, yeah. Kaido, cool. Yeah, go on. Warlords, yeah, understand. Emperors yep. of the Sea, okay. Yep. Sanji, food. Uh, Zoro, <laughs> but... th- three swords. <laughs> three swords, not four. Three. Ishtoru, Nitoru, Sandoru, Honigit! Thank you so much for our returning listeners. Anybody new to the show, please go ahead and hit that follow button. You can find us on YouTube, Patreon, uh, our Twitch. We've said it a bajillion times. We'll say it again. Please give us a follow, rate, review the show, whatever you have to do. Thank you so much for checking us out. I am your humble host, Riley Wallen. I am your fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. And I am Mr. Squawk. And thank you very much for having me on your show today, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime, Mr. Squawk. Be sure to always stay animated and... Always listen to Mom. And... We're out! Ah, oh, you let me do it this time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs>